Withdrawing your investment from a company can be a powerful form of economic pressure on an industry or state that is profiting from injustice and destruction. A divestment campaign helps to politically isolate the target and limit its ability to act with impunity. Today we speak with Mahmoud Nawaja, General Coordinator for the Palestinian-led global movement BDS National Committee, about how decentralized tactics such as boycott and divestment on a global scale, as used in the Palestinian struggle, can be used to isolate your target, in this case the Israeli apartheid regime. Hello and welcome to another episode of Troublemakers, the podcast. I'm Phil. And I'm Daria. And we're here today with Mahmoud Nawaja, General Coordinator of the Palestinian BDS National Campaign, which is the leading entity of the global BDS movement, a very powerful struggle. And we're going to be speaking about, you guessed it, the BDS movement, boycott, divestment, and sanctions. Mahmoud, welcome. Can you please introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about you. Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you very much, Daria, for having me here. It's a, it's a pleasure. Um, so my name is Mahmoud Nawaja. As you already mentioned, I'm the general coordinator of the BDS, the Palestinian BDS National Committee, um, the biggest coalition in Palestine civil society, leading the global BDS, uh, uh, BDS movement with our BDS groups, uh, our partners, strategizing, coordinating, and strengthening the global, uh, the global struggle and solidarity for uh, for Palestinian, uh, Palestinian right. I'm a father, I'm a, a father of three, and I live in Ramallah. Great, thank you. It's great to have you here, Mahmoud. Um, can we dive a little bit into the tactics, boycott, divestment, and sanctions? Tell yeah. us a little about this. So let me just clarify, because uh, some people thought that Palestinians are struggling only against military occupation. We do have military occupation, but it's... Uh, the regime is not limited to the military occupation. It's a settler colonialism, apartheid regime, and military occupation. Um, in West Bank and Gaza, in the occupied Palestinian territories of 1967, in Israel, where uh, Palestinians who, who have an Israeli citizenship are discriminated against with more than 60 laws, and also adding to that the denying of the Palestinian refugees' right of return, where the refugees are 50% of the Palestinian uh, population. So we have military occupation, settler colonialism, and apartheid, apartheid regime, inspired by South Africa anti-apartheid movement, the civil rights movement of uh, of the U.S. and different movement and struggles, and mainly from our own struggle, fusing different tactics from 1917 until until 2005, uh, when the Palestinian civil society launched uh, the BDS call, the boycott, divestment, and sanction. Uh, against Israel until it complies to the international law. Um, that call was mainly against the global complicity that protect Israel and its impunity, the global complicity by uh, different by different country and by also institution, uh, companies, corporation is complicit in maintaining the Israeli uh, settler colonialism apartheid regime. So that call was for having a global response a grassroots response against that, uh, against that form, different form of complicity. Uh, so Palestinian launched the call of BDS, boycott, divestment, and sanction are the three tactics we are using to isolate the Israeli apartheid, uh, apartheid regime, as the same happened in apartheid South, uh, apartheid South Africa. Uh, so boycott is about uh, boycotting academia. It's, a, it's, a, it's an academic cultural boycott. Uh, it's a consumer also based uh, based boycott so it's a tactic about boycotting everything um, 
complicit in the Israeli crimes against uh, against Palestinian. Divestment is the second tactic, which is um, targeting corporation complicit with the Israel apartheid regime, uh, corporation that is maintaining the settler colonialism uh, regime, and it's about uh, pressuring investment in this corporation to divest their investment or disinvest and even just uh, refuse to invest in such in such corporation, whether they are military companies, uh, banks, uh, infrastructure companies, and we have different uh, different examples and different victories uh, against uh, against uh, uh, this corporation where after the huge pressure and after they lost a huge amount of money, they totally withdraw from uh, from Israel. And then the third tactic is sanctions. So sanctions, sometimes people thought that boycott is by itself is a sanction and divestment can be a sanction. But what we mean by sanctions here is a sanction on a state levels. So states will be sanctioning Israel apartheid regime because of their crimes against, uh, against Palestinian. Imagine that there is an investigation in the UN and after that they declare that there must be sanction against Israel, the same as what happened in apartheid in apartheid South Africa. So we have this three tactic that they complement each other in a way of an, like an isolation campaign against the Israeli apartheid regime until it complies with the international law and stop its crime against Palestinian people. In the BDS movements, we have no political mandate. You will be hearing people saying, okay, we are in favor of the two-state solution. Others will be saying we are in favor with a one-state solution. In the BDS movement, we have no political mandate. So it's a human rights movement with the three uh, uh, main basic rights for Palestinians and Israeli occupation, and apartheid and discrimination, and the Palestinian right of, re- of refugees to return. Why do we have the three? Because those are the, the three basic rights for any political solution. Uh, it's the minimum requirement for any political solution. And when we say end occupation and apartheid, this is the answer for Palestinians who live in 1967 occupied territories where uh, they are 38% of the Palestinian population. And in discrimination and apartheid against Palestinians who live in Israel and have an Israeli citizenship, uh, where they are 12% of the Palestinian population, and the right of the Palestinian refugees to return, where they are 50%, half of our populations, are refugees in Syria and Lebanon and elsewhere, and in Jordan and in the diaspora. So BDS is not about Palestinians who live in only the occupied Palestinian territories, or in Israel, or in the, the refugees. It's about all Palestinian people. And the representation inside the BDS National Committee is like representing all, all, all Palestinians everywhere. So this is the three tactic, and this is the three uh, objective of, uh, of the BDS movement. When we launched, when we, uh, launched the call in 2005, we started getting response from trade unions, uh, from institutions, from intellectuals, public figures, that they are responding to, uh, to the call of boycott, divestment, and sanctions, and they start boycotting Israel. Others start divesting, divesting from, from uh, uh, complicit corporations, but we are not yet at sanctions. Uh, we hope we will be very soon. This year or the next year, we will be reaching sanctions. But there was a, a sanction, uh, that, that amount of sanction that happened from South Africa when they downgraded uh, their uh, embassy to a liaison office in, in Tel Aviv, in Israel. So that is, can be considered a sanction because it's uh, on a state level. So this is the three tactic. Uh, I mean, this is the main three tactics, but then there is principles and value, there is direct action, there is different other layer of uh, 
tactics and uh, among among other things. So BDS is an is a is a human rights movement um, uh, anchored in the international inter- international law that presents all Palestinian people everywhere working to isolate the apartheid regime until it complies to international law. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how you've used boycott and divestment in your struggle so far, or, or rather what has been the journey to establish these tactics and to build and sustain mass support for them? Yeah, so we have different, um, we have operational principles and we have some criteria for selecting targets uh, uh, within this these tactics. So when we say boycott, um, we target complicit um, Israeli Israeli companies products, whether they are part whitewashing Israeli crimes against Palestinians, or they are based in Israeli settlement, or they have links with Israeli settlements, or they have links with other corp- uh, uh, complicit corp- corporation. So we do our our research, we get all the needed information, and we see where their products are uh, being produced and distributed. Um, so there's an example of Soda Stream. That campaign we won. Uh, the factory totally closed in uh, in an Israeli settlement in uh, next to Jerusalem in the in the West Bank, and they were mainly distributed uh, their soda machine in Europe. So it was a huge campaign in Europe boycotting that company until they closed the factory. They moved it, and then uh, there is the academic and cultural boycott. Uh, there is a um, universities uh, and um, uh, academic institution uh, boycotted because they are part of maintaining the Israeli apartheid regime and being part of white watching it, white washing it. And also they developed some uh, tactics for the Israeli army to occupy uh, uh, South of Lebanon, for, for example. And that tactic was by using uh, civilians. By, I mean, Israeli can hit civilians in Lebanon, so they can having some sort of a chill effect. So people will be uh, uh, staying away from, uh, from the resistance in, uh, in the South. And also, uh, boycott is, tacticing, uh, is, is also targeting a cultural institution and targeting also festivals like the Eurovision uh, Festival, which is aimed to binkwash Israeli crimes. And they are trying to promote Tel Aviv as the LGBTQ++ uh, hub with a friendly, a friendly space, which is not, because they only do this to binkwash their crimes against, uh, against Palestinians. And the LGBTQ community will uh, play a massive role in pressuring uh, uh, the Eurovision, the festival, until it almost failed. Uh, according to uh, uh, critics of, uh, of Europe, from, from coming from Europe. Uh, this is the boycott, and it's really, uh, it's a tactic, but it's really huge. I mean, the targeting and, ev- and everything. And there is the divestment, which is targeting complicit companies, uh, institution, in maintaining Israeli apartheid regime. Uh, companies we, we're, we're targeted. Now we are having a, a, a campaign against the AXA, uh, insurance company from France. Uh, we had a, a divestment campaign against G4, G4S, which is a security company uh, from, uh, from UK, um, Orange, um, Violia, Alstom. So it's like targeting many different campaigns. Almost all these campaigns, we want the cam- all these companies, we want the campaigns against them. So imagine Violia. Violia is a French multi-international company that built the, the light trail in Jerusalem, which connects Jerusalem with the nearby settlement, which is a a grave violation of international law and also our human rights. So we launched a campaign of divestment against, uh, uh, against Veolia, and we won that, uh, we succeeded in that campaign after Veolia lost 
26 billion US dollar worth of contracts because of the PDS movement. The last one was in, uh, in Kuwait, um, um, a contract of 2.15 billion US dollar. So uh, this, is, this is one of the company. And then there is the Israeli uh, uh, company and banks. The divestment mainly came from the churches, pension funds, like the Mennonite, the Methodist, um, um, among other churches, they divested directly. Uh, Bill and Belinda Gates Foundation. Um, so it's the, I mean, just to clarify this, I mean, uh, it's, I mean, to, to convince them, to convince uh, anyone of doing a divestment, this is uh, by itself a, a, long, a very long process. Uh, so for example, Bill and Melinda Gates, uh, Gates Foundation, they invested in, um, in G4S. They invested 180 million US dollar of uh, in G4S. And then we had like a huge campaign against their, headqu- their, their headquarters. I think it was, it is, it's in London, uh, with direct action, with demonstration, with, uh, uh, with the social media, I was just mounting a huge pressure against them because it's a charitable uh, foundation. <laughs> and uh, they divested the whole amount from, from us. And this means, I mean, this, this is real money. They are divesting. This is a huge amount of money they are divesting. From a, from a company, the same happened with, happened with Israeli banks, uh, with different uh, uh, companies, part of the Israeli, Israeli settlements, with HP, with Caterpillar, with Hyundai Heavy Industry, among others. And also um, uh, companies uh, listed in the UN human rights uh, blacklist. So now we're having like uh, 12 international companies and almost 100 Israeli Israeli company. So this means that this is, this is an easy target that we can use for, uh, for the divestment, divestment tactic until we keep pushing from the boycott and divestment until we reach the sanctions, which is the most important uh, massive tactic that we, we, need to, we need to reach as soon as possible. So I didn't quite do the math, but I mean, in the fraction of uh, of a few stories that you just shared, you know, we're already calculating millions and millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Billions. Billions. 26 that, billions. 26. Billions. Billions. Only one company, Veolia. Orange bid. You know, there is the, the, the contract, and then if they want to break the contract, they, they have to pay some, some amount. Like, there's a condition. I don't know what does it mean in English. But Orange, to withdraw from Israel, Orange is a French company also, to withdraw from Israel after uh, we launched a campaign uh, uh, to boycott Mubinil, which is owned by 99%, Mubinil in Egypt, owned by 99% to Orange, uh, the, French, the French company. And they also have Orange in Israel. And Orange in Israel was part of the infrastructure of settlements and the communication, the army and everything. So we launched a campaign in, uh, by BDS Egypt, against Mobinil, to boycott Mobinil. So it's, it's easy. This is math. So whether you, you, you will be losing the 30 million customer in Egypt or the 500,000 in, in, in Israel. I mean, BDS is not only a moral call. It's not about only your moral obligation. But if you're not listening, you will be losing money because it's really huge, it's massive, it can be very effective. When people um, are losing that kind of money, um, I would presume that there's a price on your head and a price on your comrades' heads, and yeah. a price on the BDS <laughs> campaign's heads, you know? I mean, um, yeah. Have you felt some kind of repression in your life? Um, you know, yeah. there's one um, thing to get repression from the state of Israel, 
and uh, you're you're now supplementing that with all these multinational companies, executives' interests, right? Um, yeah. Have you felt that in your life? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, every struggle, every struggle have its its own cost. So, and we we are paying the price in different in different ways, and we know that, and we know that we will keep paying the price until we become we become free, until the dignity for our people. So, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, every one of us has paid that 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 price in, in ways. Uh, for me. Um, I mean, um, we in, we invaded my house at at three after after midnight. Um, kidnapped me, kidnapped me. I mean, the whole army. I mean, I even it's like they they brought the whole army uh, to get me from um, from the center of Ramallah from my house uh, to take me to uh, an interrogation uh, in Al Jalama interrogation center, which is the biggest in uh, in Israel, north in north in the north area. Uh, put me in an underground cell, which is really, really uh, tiny, uh, for almost 20 days. For uh, Sometimes there was what they call a continuous interrogation for like, you, they, want you, they won't let you sleep. Uh, there's no way you can, you can know the, the time. There's a two huge LED lights uh, turned on all the time. And sometimes like, like people thought that cell can have a window. I mean, there's no windows in that cells. It's a concrete, a gray, a harsh concrete walls. You can't even lay. I mean, you can't lay down to the walls themselves. And at that three meter uh, cell, like three meter length and one meter and a half on, on width, you have your own bathroom. And when you go to that, to that cell, it's, it's really underground, like, like three, uh, uh, minus three floors. And they open a huge, uh, huge door. You go through a corridor for three meters, and then another huge door. That will be the door for your cell. So if you scream, if you shout, no one will be hearing you, and you will be hearing nothing from outside. So it's built for a total isolation, for a psychological, um, like they won't psychologically, they want to kill you in that uh, in that cell. And then the interrogation, the downgrade conditions, the terrible food. Um, I mean, and everything, everything built to uh, dehumanize you while in this inter- interrogation. But then, I mean, and you are, you, you are not uh, able to see your lawyer. I mean, um, uh, but I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm lucky because I have like a very strong uh, movement supporting me, um, so, uh, an amazing solidarity uh, network supporting me, human rights organization uh, worldwide supporting me. And then they start, the first day they arrested me, they start mounting a huge pressure against, uh, against Israel. I mean, it's, the pressure is coming from everywhere. I felt that pressure by the way how the interrogators start talking to me when they start mentioning BDS and its strength by like mocking me that, oh, the BDS movement would be arresting us. They, they said that. So I told one of them, they were two. I told him, I promise you that BDS can't arrest you here. But at one one time, I promise you that if you go anywhere outside Israel, you will be arrested because of your crimes. So that was really a very angry moment for them. I like it, you know. <laughs> I really like that moment. So it's like it's like my golden opportunity to at least have a response <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to to fight to fight back. And then after almost it was nineteen to be accurate, nineteen days in that in that situation. And then they let me out without. Uh, I mean, this is what we call a reputational damage. Uh, they want to accuse me of something that I'm not doing. And after like 19, 19 days of the extensive interrogation, 
they let me out without any accusation. Uh, so that was, uh, I mean, like, yeah, it's a, it's a 19 days. Uh, for Palestinians, it's really short, even for interrogation. Some Palestinians stay there for 90 days. And even, yeah, ni- 90 days, 90, 98 days. So uh, for, for our context, this is really a very short period, but it's really something um, about paying the price of, of, of fighting and being part of this, of this struggle. But now, after I went, I went out, I'm, struggle, I'm stronger than before because I know the huge support for my family uh, from, uh, from uh, uh, the society, uh, the Palestinian society, the huge support I, I, I got from the, uh, the global movement and from, from the BDS National Committee. So um, I'm stronger than, than before and I, am, I, will, I will keep moving forward. Thank you for sharing that, Mahmoud. Um, I think uh, what I'd be really curious to learn about is uh, more practically, what does it take to sustain a movement like the BDS uh, beyond the risk and personal sacrifice that is endured, which you've just told us a little bit about? What is the work that goes into this? Could you paint uh, a picture? Yeah, I mean, to sustain such a, such a huge movement, um, it's a decentralized movement. We have the tactics, we have the principles and values for human rights uh, uh, movement, um, anti all form of racism and discrimination, racial discrimination. So that was that is really clear for all the uh, the uh, the whole movement. The, instruc- the the infrastructure is really decentralized, and the leadership is semi horizontal. So there is a space for everyone to get uh, to get engaged and to use the tactics. This is how how we build it and then around every campaign we build a wide coalition and sometimes it's like it's a it's a partner-led campaigns it doesn't necessarily mean that we are leading all the campaigns so in the u.s there is a partner-led campaigns in in, in europe there's a partner-led campaigns and in africa and else and elsewhere and our uh, even bds group in, in 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 different places are really really strong uh, uh this is really important because this is a 99.9 percent of voluntary based movements so, I mean, sustainability came from like having a huge movement, uh, volunteer-based based uh, uh, one, and our, our partners, they do their own fundraisers. So if, if needed, but mainly it's about building coalition. It's about also building a, a relation, coalition with a member of parliament, with political party, uh, with different, with, with the grassroots movements, uh, sharing other people's struggles. Intersectionality is a very important principle in the BDS movement. So. We, are, we take part of other people's struggles. We use this network to support other people's struggles uh, in different, from, different, from different places. And we announced that before that when, when we won against Veolia and Veolia announced that they, they withdraw all of their in- investment from, from Israel in our uh, victory um, uh, success statement, uh, we said that very clear. If we found out, out that Veolia is um, violating other people's human rights anywhere, we will... Uh, relaunch the campaign against uh, against the company, and then the good thing when you that campaign lasts for eight years, it's it's yeah it, it take it take a, it take a lot of year because you need it to be a gradually sustainable sustainable campaign, and it's like this is a huge corporation. I mean, just to take down uh, this corporation took us uh, eight years and make them lose twenty six billion US dollar worth of contracts uh, in different in different uh, uh, places. And then uh, share this, the success, share the story, uh, get a very uh, well connected with other, uh, with other struggle, with our groups, uh, with, uh, with the campaigns. 
But then there is something really, really important that when we choose campaigns, because there is a criteria and operational principles. So we choose them by the level of complicity. I mean, in BDS, we do not just have a list of like uh, all the companies. We don't do this. We do targeting. And this is really, really important. Because if you are listing everyone, it will end up that whether you are not realistic or you are just dreaming or no one can launch campaign against everything. So what we do is targeting. We're targeting uh, according to level of complicity and then the ability to uh, mobilize wide support. And this is really important by building coalitions. And then the ability, uh, the possibility of success. We do not launch campaign. We know that we may lose. Or there is like a huge percentage that we will lose because this will be, there will be a huge psychological impact against our activists, against the coalition. They'll, this will do like a huge fragmentation with the coalition already, already built. So this is the, uh, the operational principles that we use. And then we do have uh, uh, other principles related to context sensitivity. I mean, you know, that's, there is different context everywhere from, from Arab countries to Latin America, to Africa, to Asia, to Europe, uh, to, North, to North America, to Canada, even Canada's different context than the US. So we are dealing with different contexts. And we are listening to our partners when it's come to strategizing and building, uh, building campaigns and everything. This is so important, important for us, the context sensitivity. And also the other, uh, uh, other tactics is being, is being used. I mean, uh, pushing things to the mainstream media sometimes is also needed. And one of, I think, the most important thing, we, one of the most important things we've, um, we successfully... Uh, uh, did is that mainstreaming Israel as an apartheid regime. We've been talking about apartheid Israel uh, since 2005. And now, after like 17 years almost, now Amnesty is talking apartheid Israel. Now, Human Rights Watch, Beit Salem, even an Israeli human rights uh, movement uh, organization, is talking Israel uh, committing the crime of apartheid. And all, I mean, like three to five special UN special rapporteur are saying that Israel is committing the crime of apartheid against Palestinians. And now it is the time to go to the UN to have a resolution to investigate the crime of the Israeli uh, crime of apartheid against Palestinian people. And that will, will, uh, will lead to sanctions against apartheid Israel. There are so many directions to take the conversation. And, yeah. And, and we're <laughs> we're soon out of time. Yeah. Um, do you... How do you begin to think about the the resources that you might need for, say, a consumer boycott versus a, a divestment campaign? I can imagine that you know mobilizing millions of consumers is not a small task. It's um, not. <laughs> whereas maybe a particular divestment campaign, where you have already some contacts or some line of communication yeah, with decision it's, makers, it's different. Mm -hmm. I mean. You can't have a divestment, uh, you can't have a boycott campaign against less, this a huge corporation. I mean, they are not, they are not working with people. It's not about, it's not about consumer. Their consumers are governments, uh, not, not, not grassroots. So the boycott tactic is for grassroots, for people, uh, sometimes for academic institution or a university. Something you can, you can, you can initiate a campaign. It's like Sabra Hummus. Is a consumer uh, uh, boycott uh, uh, boycott can be can be a consumer boycott campaign. Uh, Carrefour now is a consumer boycott campaign because Carrefour is start opening different branches in Israeli settlements. Uh, so now we are we are having a consumer boycott campaign again against against Carrefour. Uh, but then you can't I mean you can't ask people to uh, uh, 
to boycott uh, Veolia. They have no relationship with Veolia to boycott. Right. So it's a different. So it's a it's a different it's a different tactic. So divestment mm-hmm. is more about this globe, this this huge corporation and companies that is being part of of being complicit with the Israeli apartheid regime. But boycott is more that uh, that boycott includes the consumer based um, uh, boycott. And academic boycott, and cultural boycott. So I mean, if I mean Roger Waters is, is one of who's leading. I mean the the cultural boycott against Israel now. Um, uh, first time he came here, we tried to convince him for not coming play apartheid Israel. He thought that no, it's like uh, I will be playing for all Palestinian Israelis together. So when he came here, he saw the reality and the situation, and then he uh, apologized for uh, to Palestinians. It's still in YouTube, and then he's now. Uh, convincing others not to play apartheid, apartheid Israel. So this is a so this is a cultural podcast. Stephen Hawking uh, refused to uh, to attend a scientific um, uh, conference in in, in Israel. Uh, Alice Walker, uh, many many Stephen Hassel, a Holocaust survivor, uh, joined the academic and cultural boycott against uh, against Israel and many many other. I mean many singers, artists. They refused to play apartheid Israel. Was to come participate in events and something. In, uh, in Israel, so this is this is the, boy, the the boycott. You often have to reach out to these uh, big people in various uh, sectors. Yeah, of course. Um, and and how do you get a hold of them? We campaign against them. Uh, if they announce that they are coming and play uh, a concert in Israel, uh, we start uh, mounting uh, pressure against them. Uh, fans play uh, a massive role usually uh, through commenting, uh, commenting on Instagram and Facebook. You know, it's sometimes really very hard to reach these celebrities. Uh, and sometimes they are really totally ignorant uh, of the whole of the whole situation. So you need to mount huge pressure against them. They need to feel the heat, uh, and they will cancel uh, by the end of of the day. Uh, sometimes they mainly cancel because they become sick. We are totally fine with that. <laughs> they can be sick, but they need to cancel. Um, and sometimes you need some other celebrities to contact them to convince them. Uh, so there are, there are other celebrities are are part of of the campaigns like DJs for Palestine, for example. And many others, they are helping the BDS, the BDS movements and reaching out to celebrities to convince them not to play apartheid, apartheid Israel. Uh, but they know very well that celebrities coming to play apartheid Israel, there, is, there, is, there will be a reputational damage because they are taking part of whitewashing the crimes against Palestinian people. They, are, they will be complicit in these crimes against, uh, against people. So there will be a price. They will pay later. And they already know that. So they... Uh, whether they boycott Israel, saying that we are boycotting Israel because of an apartheid regime, or they just they just refuse or cancel. And uh, last question for me, um, for our listeners: uh, How can they be involved? They can they can just go to the bdsmovement.net uh, website. There is a, they can click uh, on get involved. They can subscribe to our mail list. Usually, take action sent sent to people. Um, they will be. Uh, uh, campaigns announcements and different things but they can click on get involved and there is uh, it will open a map they can choose which country they are and their location and a city even so that website will link them to the nearby uh, BDS partner or BDS BDS group or activists so they can campaign together this is this is one thing the other thing is they can individually use the tactic and collectively use the tactics uh, to boycott or divestment or, or uh, to boycott and divestment mainly and pressure their companies to sanction to sanction Israel, so they can I mean use the tactics. It's the tools uh, for for a real solidarity with Palestinian with Palestinian people. And this is why we say BDS redefined the way how people can uh, 
practice solidarity with Palestinians. It's not solidarity anymore. It's being part of the in the in the in the struggle for Palestine and for Palestinian rights, and it's a global struggle against all injustices. Also, can you give a last final quick piece of advice to anybody who's thinking about launching a divestment campaign? You know, with the climate justice movement, this is also yeah. a, a tactic that's proliferating. You know, uh, fossil fuel companies. Uh, you know, academia, there's so many uh, inroads with pension funds and this and that. Uh, do you have any simple piece of advice before somebody begins to embark on this very long journey? Get as much information as you can. Companies is building uh, a power planet, for example, who is involved in the infrastructure, who is involved in funding uh, this project, and then get the all needed information. Start building a coalition around, around it. Start your in intersectional coalition and then uh, get to know the investors. Usually what we do sometimes, we invest in these companies to attend their general assembly. So we can go and see all their, uh, their investors and start pressuring them. This is one of the tactics like get from, from inside and then mount pressure against the investors. They need to divest from this company and then to be very vocal that if this company is not withdrawing from this project, we'll do the uh, uh, divestment. So there is sometimes every campaign will have its own tactics. Campaigns are different than, than others. Uh, complex institutions and companies can be exposed in different ways and then use the media, mount a huge pressure, do a reputational damage against this company because that really hurts them. It's not only about people divest from, from this company, but companies is all about reputational damage. If there's a reputational damage happen, they will start losing money. Thank you, Mahmoud, for your time today. Thank you very much, Daria. Thank you very much, Phil. It's an amazing to be here. It's amazing to have this discussion. It's amazing to have the energy and the vibes for these uh, struggles together. So thank you very much.